Hey fam, it's Lexi here to welcome you to the You Can Through Christ podcast. I am so honored and excited you're here. I pray these words give you the confidence to know you can do all things through Him. He is for you, loves you, and made you for an exact purpose for this life and the one to come. Stay tuned to find out. Romans 12, 11-12 says, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Never be lacking in zeal, or in other words, passion and enthusiasm. Acts 21.20 says, When they heard this, they praised God. Then they said to Paul, You see, brother, how many thousands of Jews have believed, and all of them are zealous for the law. How can we be passionate about the law? By falling in love with it. Zeal is ultimately powered by love. Work, sports, school, and our everyday roles as a parent, friend, and spouse can be tiring. But when you love who you're serving, whether someone else or God, that is when your attitude becomes one that you get to serve. You get to clean the house. You get to work out. You get to work as opposed to that you have to do all these tasks. Ecclesiastes 5.3 says, A dream comes when there are many cares. When we make goals, it is common to be super enthusiastic when you first start, and then it wears down. There are so many motivational books out there with great advice, but if they do not have Jesus, they do not provide the power needed to keep your zeal and your passion. Our enthusiasm and encouragement have to come from God to stay consistent and persistent. Ephesians 4, 29-30 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. First Peter 4.11 says, If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be, may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Talking to build others up does not mean flattery in the sense of being nice to others for hidden motives. Something we can ask of God is that he always helps us see the genuine best in others, give, giving us the courage to let them know and to show us what is needed in order to push others to reach their full potential. Proverbs 11.27 says, Whoever seeks good finds favor, but evil comes to one who searches for it. We tend to find what our mind is fixed on. So when you seek to encourage, you can find genuine qualities about someone without feeling like you have to make something up. 1 Peter 3.10 says, For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. James 3.7-12 says, All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Galatians 5, 22-23 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, 
faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. All of this fruit is the evidence of the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Luke 6, 43-45 says, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. I have always struggled with this verse because there are many moments in my life if you were to ask people I've wronged or hurt, they would definitely tell you I do not produce good fruit and probably that I produce bad fruit depending on who you're talking to. I've come to realize though since I have Christ, he has allowed me to produce good fruit and has kept my tree from dying even through my shortcomings. James 3, 4-6 through 6 says, or take ships, for example. Although they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire. Ships are large, but driven by a very small rudder, and it is the same with our body and tongue. Just like a spark can start a fire, so one evil word can light your whole life on fire. Use your tongue to praise God and to encourage human beings who are made in his likeness. James 1.26 says, Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongue deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Oof. 1 Timothy 1.5-6 says, Love which comes from a sincere heart Conscience, conscience and faith, which means when you talk, it must have meaning and not be meaningless. The tongue has more power than we understand. If you can start a fire with one evil word and that can light our whole lives on fire, it is convicting to think God is saying we cannot curse and praise out of the same mouth as your words come from the same heart. We will all mess up and say things we do not mean. This is where grace comes in. However, the general flow of what you say to and about others will show where your overall heart is. Matthew 12, 33-37 says, Make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will give will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Whoa, wow, oof, jeez. I mean, judgment for every empty word I've spoken. All I can say is thank you, Jesus, for grace. <laughs> I have way too many to count. Um, the realization... I want us to take from this, though, is just how important our words are. Grace will always cover where you fall short, but out of love, our desire should be to get our hearts right with God for the right words to flow out. Matthew 15, 10-11 says, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen and understand. What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. What you eat does not defile you any longer like it did in the Old Testament. What defiles is from within. If in the heart evil thoughts come, such as 
sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. Matthew fifteen seventeen through 20 says, Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a per- person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts. Just to reiterate, this is what the list was in the verse. Murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. These are what defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death. Proverbs 15.4 says, The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. I one time had a patient who was suicidal, but I didn't know it. We had a good talk about how the enemy, Satan, is always making us believe lies about ourselves that aren't true. She told me the next day when we talked about that and that she decided to stay and did not take her life. She said the words we spoke gave her life. Proverbs 12.18 says the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise bring healing. Proverbs 10.11 says the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. Proverbs 12.25 says anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. I know it can be hard to talk to others. What do you say? How do you say it? When do you say it? The best thing to always do is to ask who knows them best. Our Sovereign Lord has given us a well-instructed words to know what to say to those who need it most. Isaiah 50 verse 4 says, The Sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. He wakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. God is in the most mundane tasks in our lives just as much as he's in the miracles. We cannot even begin to comprehend how much God is involved in each of our lives. Ecclesiastes 9.1 says, So I reflected on all this and concluded that the righteous and the wise and what they do are in God's hands. Many times as people, we want to be shown in order to trust or in order to find motivation. We often put in what we need to just getting by day to day. Hebrews 3.12-13 says, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Sin naturally will make us feel weak and powerless, and encouragement is what brings strength and power. Your power comes from Christ using our weakness. How do we discover our strengths? Many times it comes from encouraging and serving others. Hebrews 10, 24-25 says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Deuteronomy 31, 12 says, Assemble to listen, and learn to fear the Lord your God, and follow carefully His law. Encouraging others helps us be encouraged. Encouraging others requires meeting together consistently. How can we encourage one another if we don't know them? How can we encourage one another if we don't meet with them? Many argue they do not see the need to go to church as they are saved by salvation alone, which may be true, but how can we encourage each other as the body of Christ if you never attend? We need to have friends and family who can call us out out of love and end the calling out with encouragement to build us right back up to tackle whatever it is God has called us to do and how to use the gifts we have been given. Hebrews 2, 3-4 says, 
How shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. God promises we will reap a harvest if we have endurance, energy, and don't give up. Galatians 6, 9-10 says, Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Occupational therapy started because people who had different injuries and diseases were idle, and they wanted to put them in psych wards and institutions. Once they began occupations, they were able to have purpose. Satan wants you idle. 1 Timothy 5, 24-25 says, the sins of some are obvious, reaching the place of judgment ahead of them. The sins of others trail behind them. In the same way, good deeds are obvious, and even those that are, obvi are not obvious cannot remain hidden forever. We can become idle when we make anything the focus of our life other than God. This can be family, friends, sports, our pets, hobbies, and our job. Is there anything wrong with these? Absolutely not. Only if they become our idol. If we are not constantly renewing our minds and working toward getting closer to Jesus, naturally this broken world is going to pull us away from him. Many people do not mean to slip away from their faith, but if we are not consistently putting the effort in, it is really easy to let our minds drift. This is not a works mentality in the sense that you can lose your salvation, not at all. We are saved by grace alone, through faith, for what Jesus did for us at the cross. I fully believe if you abide in Christ, you are fully in him. However, God does, does command the renewal of our minds consistently. Ask God to help you see yourself and others the way he sees you. Renew your mind by looking for Jesus in your everyday life. Worry leads us to sin. Look for God everywhere to renew your mind. 2 Timothy 1, 9-10 says, He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. He calls us to do our best to lead a holy life out of love, but the pressure is off because even when, not if we mess up, his grace already covers us. James 2, 14-17 says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Let me reiterate, your works do not save you. But James is making a point that when your faith is genuine, your works will come out of your love for Jesus. James 2, 20-24 says, You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. This is proof that it has always been by faith we are saved and made righteous. This clears up the question people have about how people in the Old Testament got to heaven. Still by faith in God and his son to come. 
James 2.26 says, As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Our faith and actions work together. The works do not accomplish the faith, but the works are produced from the faith. Deuteronomy 23.5 says, God turns curses into blessings. God did not listen to Balaam and turned the curse into a blessing because he loves you. Ezekiel 36.36 says, I, the Lord, have rebuilt what was destroyed and have replanted what was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken and will do it. How we can stay enthusiastic, passionate, and encourage others, encouraging others, is not pretending everything's okay. It comes from having confidence God can take the curses, the wrongs, and the desolate lands in our lives and make them for good. Isaiah 50, 11 says, The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your you, your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Deuteronomy 28, 10-12 says, Then all the peoples of the earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they will fear you. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock, livestock and the crops of your ground, in the land he swore to your ancestors to give you. The Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations, but will borrow from none. God desires to bless the work of your hands and the passion you put into your life. Second Chronicles 15.7 says, But as for you, be strong and do not give up. For your work will be rewarded. God promises if we do what he commands us, walking in obedience, he will be with us, just like he was with David. 1 Samuel 18.14 says, David and Hezekiah had great success because the Lord was with them. Psalm 148.1-14 says, Praise God in the heavens. Praise him, all his heavenly hosts and angels. Praise him, all creation, including the stars, the mountains, the animals, kings, princes, and all nations, young and old men and women, for we were all ma made at his command, at this command. Praise him forever, as, this, as his decree will never pass away. His name alone is exalted. He raised up a horn for his people. The praise of his faithful servants, people close to his heart. Praise the Lord. Proverbs twenty-seven twenty-one says, But people are tested by their praise. It is hard to be passionate, persevere, and be enthusiastic when we are struggling in life. If our focus is on the cross, we will remain enthusiastic as we cannot help but praise, might I add, with the tears and the heartbreak that are still there and still so painful, but we understand our lives are short, and the mission God has us on is to keep others encouraged, which will lead to encouragement for ourselves. Whatever keeps you up at night or brings tears has no lasting power. Romans 15, 1-6 says, we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. For even Christ did not please himself, but, as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. When we are patient with others' weaknesses, we are showing them encouragement. Being patient is our way of showing them we are confident they will eventually get it. When we have hope, we find endurance to continue forward, knowing God has a purpose in the midst of it 
and God desires to pour his goodness out on relationships when we encourage one another. God loves when we pursue to build others up as they're in his image. As a parent, do you not love when your children have friends or a significant other in their life that builds them up? How much more does God love it? Proverbs 15.9 says, The Lord detests the way of the wicked, but he loves those who pursue righteousness. Need some motivation? Proverbs 29.18 says, Where there is not revelation, people cast off restraint, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. Motivation will follow if you have goals. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. I find myself the least bit motivated when I feel what I'm doing has no purpose. When we realize every single thing we do in life can and will bring God glory, you will notice you get more motivated to do something as simple as doing the dishes or working hard for that class that you could care less about in, in high school or college. 1 Corinthians 14.12 says, To excel in your gifts from the Spirit to build up the church. You can find motivation realizing your efforts help others. You may only be looking at the direct effects, like how is trying hard in a class that has nothing to do with my major going to help someone else? God is big, guys, and he's doing so much in every second of the day, more than we realize. You never know how your gifts and efforts are going to benefit others and yourself. Your motivation can come realizing that everyday decision you make, the effort you put in, makes a difference since we serve an alive and active God. 2 Corinthians 9.2 says to be eager to help and your enthusiasm will, enthusiasm will stir most to action, just like those in Corinth did for the Macedonians. 2 Corinthians 13.11 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. We are supposed to be eager to help and show enthusiasm, which will lead to completeness through our actions to follow. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are already doing. Encouraging others is a command, and it can be hard when we do not feel encouraged ourselves. The beauty is, even when we do not want to encourage or feel encouraged, as we have all felt pretty beat down by life, it is no longer us that even needs to have the power to do it, but Jesus who lives in us. If we try to find it from only ourselves in situations in life, it will vary just as much as life varies. Galatians 2, 20-21 says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Colossians 1, 27-29 says, To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. Energy and enthusiasm are from Jesus, meaning they hold power. We were all created with different personalities, and by no means am I saying we all need to be spazzing out all the time, just that within each personality, you can tell when there is a sense of enthusiasm and passion in how you love. 2 Thessalonians 2, 16-17 says, 
May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Jesus provides us with all we need. Need more energy? It's yours. Colossians 2, 2-5 says, My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding, in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. Even though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. Make your goal to encourage others in heart and unite them in love to complete their understanding of Jesus, in whom all treasures of wisdom and knowledge come. People will give you fine-sounding arguments, and you will not believe them as you stay disciplined and firm in the faith of Jesus. Titus 2.15 says, These, then, are the things you should teach. Encourage and rebuke with all authority. How can encouragement go with rebuking? We can help others sharing advice in an encouraging way. When I encourage patients, I see objectively better measurements. As a therapist, when I correct a patient on an exercise they are doing wrong, I notice a difference if I am simply critiquing or say it in a way that even though they are performing it wrong right now, I know they'll be able to perform it with better, a more proper technique in the future, ultimately helping them recover quicker. The key to correction, whether as a parent, coach, mentor, supervisor, boss, teacher, friend, or in a relationship, is to correct with the offer to help guide and encourage through the correction. You might think if you do it too much, it may not seem genuine. But pray God helps you find ways in others' lives to encourage them and just not make it up. Whether they need more assertiveness, more assertive encouragement to pick themselves up by the bootstraps, or more gentle encouragement if they have suffered a great loss, you will find the discernment if you ask for it. Revelation 3, 15-16 says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. It's easy to become lukewarm and get comfortable and just cruise along in life. God wants so much more for you. He wants you to be enthusiastic and passionate about him, leading you to be about life, others, yourself, and experiences, which will naturally motivate you and lead you to encourage others. The choice is yours, and I hope you choose to let your heart catch the fire and get excited when Monday comes around. Regardless of what you do, if you have enthusiasm doing it, it will be purposefully pre-designed to be worth it. Job 5.9 says he performs wonders that cannot be fathomed, miracles that cannot be counted. Sin, destruction, death, and heartbreak are against what God intended before sin entered the world. And I believe miracles are actually supposed to be normal. And when we have miracles today, they are restoration of what was supposed to be before the brokenness. Romans 8.31 says, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Acts 5, 38-39 says, Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone, let them go, for if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. If this does not give you all the enthusiasm, I don't know what will. If you go into your day with God's vision and consider his desires, you can bet your tasks and service are going to be of origin from him. You will be unstoppable. God, who is able to do all things, is with you and for you every single day. 
working for your good and for his purpose. His purpose for you is better than your biggest dreams. He is your greatest encourager and his encouragement to you and in you will begin to be your default and your encouragement to others. Isaiah 9, 6-7 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the, great, of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Thanks for hanging out with us. For more, go to youcanthroughchrist.com. You are loved.